All right. Hello, hello, everyone listening to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host, Michael Noen, along with my one co-host tonight, Vito Inazelli. Um, before we jump into our Hooligan Half Hour podcast with the Nor Am Clarets, please take a minute to jump on YouTube, hit the bell, subscribe, go on YouTube, hit the button, Spotify, hit the button, please subscribe, give us a any likes on Twitter, SL Screamers underscore pod. And we will be jumping into the hooligan half hour now with Brett Foote of the Nor Am Clarets. Brett, it is a pleasure to meet you. Welcome, Brett. Woo! <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, thanks for having me, Vito. Thanks for having me, Mike. Of course, man. Happy to have you here. So tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself, Brett. How did you begin supporting Burnley? What's it mean to you to be a Burnley supporter? Oh gosh, how did I uh, get support, get to supporting Burnley? Um, I think it was about five years ago. This is going to be really, really off the charts. It was about five years ago. (laughs) um, I think five now when Cardiff was playing in the Prem, it might be four years ago. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, Yeah. a couple of years ago. Um, And uh, they had... um, they had an Icelandic player on their team, Aaron Gunnarsson. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I was a bit of an Icelandophile at the time, just <laughs> following all things Iceland, Iceland, um, following the news and that and, and whatnot. Well, Cardiff got re- relegated yep. and I was following Cardiff pretty hard. Um, and then I, I thought to myself, well, there's got to be another Icelander playing in the EPL. That's not Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, Rest in peace, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah. Um, and uh, where he's gone, no one knows. Um, but um, Johan Berg Goodmanson was playing for Burnley. And okay. my friends, one who is a Chelsea supporter, the other who is an Arsenal supporter, God rest his soul, um, told me, you know, Brett, you should really pick a team that, that sticks in the Prem, that's not going to go up and down, so you can really follow it. And they said, oh, why don't you support Burnley? They even have this Icelander, Johan Bergamundsen. So I was okay. like, okay, well, why not? I'll, I'll just, I'll take a shot at it. And, and so what I did is after they told me to do that, I just researched everything possible about Burnley Football Club. Um, okay. And uh, I, I, I looked into Everton a little bit, but it didn't really stick with me. Um, really what did it for me after I got past the whole Johan thing was... Uh, the type of town it was from, this old mill town in the in the north. It, mm-hmm. it, it was all working class, the, a budget of like a million, <laughs> a million pounds. Um, yeah. And somehow they are taking out giants. Somehow they are battling with the big boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard Daesh, Sean Daesh, I was like, you know, I should, I should watch an interview with their coach um, because I've done some coaching before in my past. And I... Um, I heard him say, you know, I can't promise you that we'll, we'll win games, but I can <laughs> promise you that there will always be sweat on the shirt. They'll always mm. earn um, every, every applause, <laughs> every, every sigh, every, yeah. um, every emotion. And so I was like, wow, I could really get behind this guy. And yeah. um, he's like making jokes in his, you know, interviews is real personable. Um, mm. He's doing all those things. And yeah, I, I fell in love um, all about it. But really, really, I think what it was besides that initial Icelandic connection was, um, man, I wanted to support a team that um, 
that really shouldn't be there, but okay. is, and that's what makes football beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So wait a second, before we go any further, because there's a lot that you just said in that story, and there's something I want to dive into in particular. Yeah. Why Iceland? Like, what, what was the <laughs> infatuation with Iceland? And how did you even, because that's like a precursor, I feel like, to this whole story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, um, that's a great question. It's kind of um, so I did, I did a visit, I think in hmm, 2015, 2016 to Iceland, spent some time there. Mm-hmm, okay. And um, when I was doing my master's at Princeton, I decided that I might go for a second master's in Icelandic studies after falling okay. in love with the country and, and spending time there. Um, mm. and, and so I applied um, and I, I got in to the University yeah. of Iceland, things like that. But then um, we decided to, to go a different direction, uh, follow one of some of my wife's plans for mm. kind of life and things yeah. like that. So Iceland has a piece of my heart. It might be something that we do in the future. Um, okay. But then I started following the Icelandic national team. I was like, well, if I'm going to live there, you know, I better. <laughs> and then they had that Just historic totally Euro run. Yeah. You know, wow. that, that, that where they upset England, right? And, yeah. and I think, you know, that's, I, I played soccer, football, soccer growing mm. up. I watched it, but I, I think I fell in love with it, with that Icelandic Euro um that yeah. team and um when the underdogs that you know slayed the giants it was yeah. it was beautiful i was gonna to say there's a lot of like metaphors between that story and burnley itself i feel like which is interesting in general yeah. just to hear so and i can safely say that's awesome and also <laughs> that i'm pretty sure i'll never hear a story like that again that's that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool so, so while you've been a fan of Burnley all these years, what's, what's been one of your favorite moments of the club? Because there's, there's been a, a good number of them in recent years. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think my favorite moment as a supporter, um, and it's going to follow, uh, well, I'll just give you two. Uh, sure. my, I think my favorite moment um, was it when Jay Rodriguez struck second goal against man united away old trafford um a beautiful piece from open play and Mm -hmm. and uh i mean it was it was nuts and and we won we beat man united away and i know that uh, that that sounds so kind of insignificant comparatively to i think other teams in the epl but Mm -hmm. you know when we're we're kind of bottom feeding beating norwich and you know whoever just whoever's coming up watford or 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 fulham um to to kind of take it to one of the you know big six uh, it felt beautiful right and 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 to also say, you know, we played some exceptional football um, mm-hmm. to, to do that. It wasn't just, you know, throw, uh, throw 10 men, 11 men behind the ball and, uh, you know, just sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was really good. And I, I'd say the second um, was probably one of the most, um, most fun games to watch was Wolves last year. Um, Chris Wood, hat trick. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, I mean, we do not score a lot of goals. Um, and uh it's just absolutely beautiful to watch um, just us mm-hmm. batter a team. Does not, does not happen. <laughs> um, it's always a good day when that happens. relish every moment. <laughs> to just sit there and go, this is not turning around. <laughs> which, which uh, to be fair in like, you know, in our recent, for the last, I think um, 
last five games we've played, we've gone up and then lost it. Yeah. Which is the most unburnly mm-hmm. yeah. um, kind of thing there is. Usually we're we're famous for, you know, one nil. You know, it's yeah. you know, kind of what we do. So those are like my favorite memories. I think this summer's transfer window is historic. Uh we bought someone sure. from the continent, uh, Maxwell mm-hmm. Cornet. Um, yeah. and he is one of the silkiest players I've ever seen. Uh, I was gonna say leading goal scorer. I've been Amazing. I've been following Burnley pretty pretty heavily, just for like obviously for the podcast purposes of this past season, and he has been a revelation for that team at least for the past couple of years. I've been watching and the way he's able to get on the ball, and this is something we were gonna get into a little bit, but we can obviously dive into it now. But he's been absolutely he's an X factor on the ball. He's almost mm-hmm. like what St. Maximin, at least to Newcastle is for me. He is like for what you guys is at Burnley. Um, he has that ability to really change the game. And it was pretty apparent, at least in the last game over the weekend, got on the ball, scored the third goal and pretty much left the defender for dead. Yeah. Um, um, he also had, he has a couple sweet volleys too in the, some previous games. Like he's, he's a baller. So it's a yeah. hell of a signing. Yeah. And well, and, and here's the thing too, you know, um, you, you see, you know, some teams just drop immense mm-hmm. amounts of money and like mm-hmm. do nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's our club record signing for, you know, for what, what works out to be like 15 million euro. And yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's unreal. It is. Really yeah. Cool. I mean, when you look at the the scoring charts right now for the Premier League, I, I mean, obviously most Salah is on top and Jamie Vardy, people that have been there for the last 10 years, but um, not too far down that list, tied for fifth right now is is Cornette. So I mean, he's definitely doing the job you need him to do. Like, I mean, you're, you said something interesting before too. Like, you you think of Burnley, you think of one zero hard fought wins. What what do you think makes you so difficult to break down? I mean, especially at home or Mike. How did Mike put it? <laughs> cold. A cold a cold wet night at cold, Mer- wet Turf Moor. Yeah. Used to be Stoke, yeah. but now yeah. it's Turf Moor. <laughs> yeah, now it's Turf Moor. Um, yeah, I I think really what you know when Daesh says um, there's going to be sweat on the shirt, Daesh really desires a complete player. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just, you know, here, this person's really great at attacking and can't, uh, can't defend, can't get behind the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I think people like Matej Vidra um, doesn't slot into the team that often because, um, he is way more technical. He's what our team needs, absolutely 100%. Um, but that's why it doesn't fit in. I think, I think really because he demands maximum effort. Daesh demands maximum effort. And um, I think the people really bought into the culture. The players did, the town did. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, even the previous board and our current board, uh, are, they all bought into it. I mean, literally... They're sipping the Kool-Aid, the Dice. <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> no joke. Kool-Aid. I mean, no, you're right. And and so far, it's it's, it's really worked. I mean, yeah. we've had you know one or two mishaps, especially in player wise. Sure. And I think it was, hey, culture didn't fit, and mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> uh, Patrick Bamford, uh, famous for speaking out about silver spoon in his mouth the comment Daish made um yep. and then ben gibson who literally spent a season at middlesbrough um training even though he's a burnley player mm-hmm. yeah so i think it has to do with culture and buying into the culture and um if you want to be a part of it you want to defend when you need to defend then speaking in. of the 
of the buying aspect. And this is something I wanted to bring up and I'm, I'm thinking Vito probably wanted to bring this up also. So obviously I believe it's the ALK group or the ALK mm-hmm. consortium. I don't, I don't know what the name that they're, investors. they're going with. Best investors. ALK. Sure. ALK. Mm-hmm. So they obviously just made a pretty large purchase to be majority owners of Burnley. I'm kind of curious since that takeover has taken place, I believe they're also American backed, right? If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Not yeah. that it matters, not that it really matters at all, but how has that been from like a Burnley fan base perspective? How have they been received from, you know, both the, the fans in the U S versus the fans in the UK? Um, yeah. I'm kind of curious, what are their plans long-term for Burnley as a football club in general? Yeah. Now this is really interesting, especially when it comes to perspectives versus UK and U S supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, the threads that go back to a takeover um, we thought, uh, a Middle Eastern group would buy the club um, mm-hmm. with with one person that um, didn't pass the owners and operators test. He had bought a club and put them into administration pretty quick. Uh, I'm gonna it wasn't the Saudis, it. was it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it wasn't. We we were not gonna get. We well, we were not going to get purchased by the Saudis. It was an Egyptian and Farnell, I think his name is. Uh, anyway, he bought he bought a, a club and and ran it into the ground, stripped it of its assets, and then Jeez. put it into administration and left. Um, so we were really worried about that, and they were close, mm. but um, they did not meet the valuation. Alk, the group, they actually sought to purchase Sheffield United. Um, okay. Before- mm. A very similar kind of hard nose, you know, Wilder was in at that time, very hard nosed team to break down, had that exceptional season um, and yep. then just plummeted yeah. uh, apart. <laughs> like, like a lead balloon Yeah, <laughs> um, is real bad. Anyway, it, it, as far as it goes in perspectives, um, you know, you have some 90 year olds and 80 year olds uh, mm. from Burnley um, in Accrington area that um, being that Burnley was the only premier league club that was owned by people from the town. Mm. Um, there was a lot, you know, Mike Garlic was from Burnley. I don't know if you knew that the whole, no, I didn't know that. Every, every single person that has ever owned Burnley football club up, up until this point has been from the town. Wow. Um, okay. Very cool. Yes. So, and, and that was part of the story too. What I loved about it is that, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's Burnley bread and, and, and that whole ethic is right there, even though Daesh wasn't from Burnley, mm-hmm. he really spoke their language. Um, and so this is the, ALK is the first set of owners that have not been from Burnley, let alone England from that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that you have those 90 year olds, 80 year olds, uh, even some younger folks like 40s, 50s, really really untrusting um and even when the purchase happened you know you had a few people posting gifts on the message board or in our north american clarets twitter or yeah. our facebook group mm-hmm. with here come the yanks you know <laughs> you know and it, it's got like all these i don't you know you don't need to yeah. there's all these wild right. gifts going around um i think american supporters were very very excited because it, we thought you know our fan base is pretty small this side of mm-hmm. it we thought that, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to kind of spread the Burnley gospel. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Here in America, there is a story there um, mm-hmm. and, and for exposure in that way. Um, I think from a UK supporter standpoint, there's, there's just a lot of 
distrust and put your money where your mouth is. Uh, yeah, right. Especially because they financed, they financed with the same people that Southampton did and MSD Holdings, Michael Dell. Um, okay. And so yeah. this is the first time Burnley has had debt. Mm. Wow. Uh, ever. Um, in well, recent. you're not alone in the Premier League. I think that's a, a vast majority of clubs at this, at this point in time, especially yeah. during post-pandemic. Yeah, I mean, but it's... It's yeah. different for them. You know, yeah. you're right. It, we're kind of like buying into the mold now, which is great. But mm-hmm. I think what made Burnley special, and so then maybe this is a little of those like old guys rubbing off of me on the board. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think what made Burnley special is that, yeah, we always balanced the checkbook. We always, you know, mm-hmm. did it right. And, and somehow, you know, buying Phil Bardsley when he's 40, I, I, you know, I don't know, <laughs> has somehow made us survive in the greatest soccer league in the world yeah so what are their plans have they been pretty open like from a as a group about like the direction and strategic what like strategies they have in general because yeah. obviously they made that record signing of maxwell cornet so that would at least show some type of ambition in that sense and i'm kind of curious if there's a five-year ten-year strategy to get back to europe because there, there was that portion where burnley was in europe if not too long ago for a brief yeah. second um and then also you know whether it's more signings or more you know more likely coming up through like the system the youth system itself so i'm wondering how that kind of breaks down for them yeah so alk um right away alan pace who's the director of alk um bought two apps that you should look into um ai scout and player lens ai Mm -hmm. scout is actually developed in partnership with chelsea um but Mm -hmm. burnley is the one who owns it um And what it is, is from your phone, you can do anywhere in the world trials um, for Prem academies or different academies, whether it be Burnley or Chelsea or, um, you know, the, oh, who is it? I I don't know if it's the Indian national football team um, using it right now or the Thai national football team, but to, to, to figure out their grassroots players. And so really ALK's plans and ambitions revolve a lot around technology, a little bit of money ball, um, okay. but they literally had, um, I think like 13 or 14 players they uh, brought in um, wow. from AI scout to trial for Burnley. And I think several of them got signed um, to our U23s. So wow. okay. um, that's pretty incredible. And that was for free. I mean, yeah. essentially, um, it's an app. So there's that. They do plan to invest, but they really want to double down on youth system um, mm-hmm. and expanding um, expanding the net, so to speak, sure. um, that they catch them in, that they use. Yeah. Interesting. So that's plans for the future. But what about the plans for right now? I mean, looking at the table, how the season's gone so far. I mean, you're not in dire, you're not in dire position. I know right now Burnley is sitting in the relegation zone, but by maybe one game, three points in total. And given Sean Dyche is at the helm and Burnley have a history of pulling off the great escape. Um, what, what are your hopes for how this season turns out for you guys? Obviously staying in the league is number one priority, but are you looking at a mid table finish still? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think we went one extra game uh, from compared to last season before we got our win. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we actually had more points on the board now than we did at this point last year so mm-hmm. um i could be wrong about that but I, i'm i'm pretty sure i'm right I, i'm feeling good um <laughs> after we got that win i was i was a little yeah. nervy 
Um, it was it was looking bad. Um, I was like, is this is this really going to be a Sheffield United moment? Um, mm-hmm. Right after these beautiful signings, and you know, we got Nathan Collins in too. So it, it's, he looks yeah. he looks very good, very good. Actually. He yeah. does. Um, he was he's rated one of the top U twenty one players in all of Europe. Yeah. Uh, today, um, and so that was beautiful. So I think I think honestly, um, I think we'll take at least six points from our next six games. Hopefully nine. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see, you know, Crystal Palace just top Man City, so they might be a little hard. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's always good looking at the past game schedule. I mean, in the last five five or six games you've played, you've only it's only been one loss. And, I mean, that's saying a lot better than other teams that have been in relegation battles in, in the past couple of seasons. You know, drop they were getting losses and then picking up a win here and there. So your ability to find points wherever you can, is it's, it's always been something that I've been really impressed with with Burnley. And mm-hmm. how much of that do you think comes – down to the fan base that you have. Because when I watch the Premier League games, it's very noticeable which which supporters groups are the loudest. I mean, obviously you have places like Anfield and things like that, but Leeds United, and then I think about Burnley and, and the way that that stadium is always rocking. Do you think that helps? How much does that help the team when, when they're playing at home? I, I do think um, a lot. Uh, we went on our longest, our absolute longest stretch of not getting a win at home, I think mm-hmm. since we've been in the Prem. Yeah. And um, I actually attribute a lot of that to, you know, last year, um, not mm-hmm. having any fans in the stadium. Um, yeah, Turf Moor was a fortress. Yeah. Uh, this year, um, and in between those two things, eh, not so much. And I, I really do, uh, you know, for some teams that can roll out like Man City who don't really no offense, someone's <laughs> going to hear this, but they don't really have like these, these wild fan bases, you know, they're yeah, like selling yeah. tickets for nothing, you know, to get people in, um, I, you know, players like that, it just, it, you, you don't even need it. Sometimes you don't even need fans to just show up and do your yeah. job. No, yes. we had Mares can fire three in and that's, that's beautiful. And you got Jack <laughs> and things like that. But I, I think yeah. absolutely. Um, fans for a team like Burnley um, is like that, that extra man, that extra person, you know, I was reading something. I don't know how valid it was. <clears throat> Granted it was Wikipedia, but um, they, were, they, were, they were talking about like the Burnley football club and the fact that I think it was like in the nineties or eighties, there was like, apparently like, I know this is the hooligan half hour, but apparently they had like legitimate hooligans who were straight up street fighting. And like, you know, with for some of the local derbies between Blackburn, the Rovers and stuff like that. And they got like extraordinarily serious to the point where they had to like, ban these fan groups from like coming into like the stadium and things of that nature. But granted, I'm not sure. How, again, this is all wicked. No, it, it, so. it is. Um, yeah. The Derby with Blackburn is very serious. Now it hasn't, it hasn't happened in quite a few years because you know, we're, we're not, we're not in the same league and um, you can rub it in a little bit. Yeah, you can I, I just, you know, um, there's even, there's even a Twitter account you should follow if you don't. Um, it, it's just like uh, today Burnley are above Blackburn in the lab. Uh, you know, like, and it's just literally every day they post like a ticker, um, yeah. at this many days, uh, this many years and days. Yeah. But, um, I think from what I understand, um, is the most dangerous Derby, um, in England. I know, I know really? a lot of people talk about that. Um, and yet there are, there are they bring in police from manchester and london oh shit um it it's it's really really bad and you're right there there were supporters groups that that got 
um, removed, people's names that can never attend uh, either, either <laughs> clubs games. And it was, the offense was at, you know, one ground, not the other. Um, mm. Yeah, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Um, wow. I mean, I, you, you mentioned this before, and I just wanted to kind of follow up on that for anyone that didn't know. Um, you had mentioned that, you know, Burnley was down in the 80s and the Division Four. I mean, in 15 years, Burnley was went from division four and back into the top flight, which I, I don't know that I've ever heard of a team doing it that fast. So I think that just goes back to your point with how well this club has been run over the years. And it's kind of been a, a, a stalwart. Um, do you think that's why they have so much faith in Sean, Sean Dyche? I, I do. Um, they believe the I, process. Yeah. Trust it's trust the process. And um, you know, uh, Ian Wright played for Burnley. Um, and when he was brought in, he was their record signing and he was, it was after he was, you know, kind of done in the, mm. the prime. but Burnley has a way of pulling in players. And that was, you know, that was before Daesh and all this stuff, mm -hmm. but even when Daesh was in, you know, he brought in a, a guy named George Boyd, um, uh, for 3 million Euro, 3 million pound. And, you know, just set the world on fire in the Prem scored beautiful, uh, goals at Man City, all this stuff. I really think every manager that they've had, um, at least kind of up, up until Daesh and as they were getting out of that fourth tier, battling mm -hmm. it out with Leighton Orient in the mud, um, literally truthfully was you know let's just grab someone that we know has a lot of experience and their yeah. legs might be a little tired but but they will get the job done mm -hmm. um, yeah. so it's always been like bargain but experience and do it and they've just continued to build that up mm. um kind of in that framework since that fourth division time very cool so who do you who do you enjoy watching the most on that team? I know for me, I can say Chris Wood. I I love the fact that every time I watch a Burnley game, I, I just feel like he comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's in the right position and he's trying to get on the end of the ball. And I'm like, where did this guy just a Houdini from to be in the right position right now? But and I know Mike would say Sean Dice, he just would sit there watching your manager. Um <laughs> no, 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 no. From a from a from a player perspective. I, I do like Cornet a lot. Um, I think mm -hmm. he, at least this past year, he's been really good. The past couple of years, I have liked Tarkowski a lot. I think he's a great defender. Um, he's he's a stud in the back and also Nick Pope, the keeper. I think he's really good. Yeah, Pope. So. yeah, um, yeah, I love Wood, um, but not my favorite, not my favorite player to watch, <laughs> but uh, interesting stat about Wood. Out of the last year, four years in the Prem, um, there have only been, I think it's five or six players to record more than 10 goals a season. Mm -hmm. um, it's Salah, Kane, Wood. Probably Aguero. Aguero, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, well, it might be Aguero. He had that year, that last year. I don't even know if he recorded. Definitely Vardy. Yeah. Yeah, but Vardy. And Wood's there. And it's odd mm -hmm. because, you know, he was bought from Leeds and for like, well, for the same price as Cornet. It's a, it's. Yeah. A, you know, um, so it's a bargain. Anyway, my favorite player to watch. Oh gosh, I really think Dwight McNeil. Um, he's good. I like McNeil. Uh, he's got a wonderful left foot. Um, and uh, really seeing that whole, you know, he. The, and this is that Burnley story. I think really truly, he was dropped from Manchester United because he couldn't cross the ball. Mm. Um, was literally, and he did an interview. He couldn't cross the ball well, and now he's you know, hundred caps in the prem, um, just fantastic. And he's young also, isn't he? 
He's super young. He's, he's 21. Yeah. 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 Really um, yeah. So, I, I mean, he's, he's a ton of fun to watch, plays with a chip on his shoulder. And when he's on and firing, um, oh, I just remember watching his goal against Everton and just right right around Tiago, not Tiago, um, but, but right around, and boom, just. Oh, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny I, when I was, anyway. um, my, my old roommate, when we, when I would sit home and I'd watch as many Premier League games as I can, it's a little tough for me being on the West coast at times because the first batch goes on at four 30 and then there's like a bunch of games at 7am. You're just lazy. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> exactly. He, uh, I was, I was watching a Burnley game and it was like the first game he's ever seen Burnley play. And he, he picked actually McNeil out saying he's like, that guy is fantastic. He's by far my favorite player on this team. So it's funny you bring him up because yeah, he seems to make admirers wherever he goes. He does. You know what? I mean, honestly, it, when people think of Burnley, they think of like 11 men behind the ball. That's clearly the keeper. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, you know, McNeil was like the only spark, mm-hmm. uh, like the only like creativity piece, the only thing that was magical and fantastical about Burnley. And that's why bringing Cornet in has been so beautiful because the onus and the pressure is off him. And McNeil has actually shined this season, um, playing much more free. But yeah, he's by far, McNeil was by far our best technical player before Courtney came in. Mm. Yeah. So out of, I guess, so we talked about players you like watching now. Are there any, like we talked about the youth system or even players where like, like Collins, for instance, who you guys just brought in, but anyone that you're more or less pretty hyped on, or at least the Burnley fans are pretty stoked on as they're, coming through the ranks they're already kind of starting to get that taste of the first team kind of curious who to watch out for two people in particular yeah collins for sure um i think he's going to be uh one of the top five center backs in the prem um okay uh, i i know it's a bold prediction um like but every time he's deputized since ben mm. me's been out and now he's back in but i i really truthfully um Daesh knows his, his center yeah. backs, he knows his defenders, and to follow up someone like Tarkowski will probably move on in January or in the summer. He might mm-hmm. sign a new contract, probably not. Um, you got to be, you got to be just exceptional. One of the, yeah, a great player. Uh, the one player I am most stoked about uh, is a young U23 player called Lewis Richardson. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've heard that name before. Uh, he's been playing in the England youth setup all throughout. Okay. Um, he's going through and he's training with the first team. He's not mm-hmm. playing with the, the under 23s anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do that, I mean, Daesh does not like, I mean, McNeil was like a total happenstance. It's people got injured and, and yeah. that's why he was brought up uh, as Daesh calls him young Rico. <laughs> um, <laughs> young, uh, young, young Rico is, uh, is really really setting their eyes on fire i mean he's he's, he's a striker he's just mm. exceptionally good um if you had to like uh pick like an in-between he's not like a hold-up specialist like barnes or wood um he's more of like a jay rodriguez mm-hmm. okay jay rodriguez yeah anyway uh, they they love uh love chan that interesting um, he, jay rodriguez is from burnley if you did not know i did not know that Oh, that's why he's one of our own. Yeah, okay. That's right, just they say, cool. yay, Rodriguez, because the accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The feeling of playing for your hometown boyhood club has to be a other level. 
Yeah. And I think that's also why like that beautiful goal against Manchester United to beat them at Old Trafford. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. Jay Rodriguez grew up, loved Burnley, always wanted to play for the club and then got to. Um, And it was, yeah, beautiful. It was beautiful. Very cool. Well, Mike, do you have anything else you want to ask? I was going to say just in general, I mean, where can people find more about the North American Clarets? How can they get in touch if they're interested in joining the fan base? Like, what does that look like in general? Yeah, absolutely. So at Noram Clarets on Twitter, um, North American Clarets on Facebook, just search it in, you'll find the group. Uh, a lot of us are also active on Clarets Bar International, if you look that up on Facebook. But I think uh-huh. the, uh, the, the primo source, the insider source for all things happening Burnley uh, <laughs> is the dinosaur stone age up the clarets message board in what's known as the b-hole end trust the process yeah the um, disclaimer for anybody listening please don't get mad at us if something else pops up <laughs> no 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 no, no, no. They're, 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 this is not x-rated up the um and then there's the message board in the b-hole end which was the name of um one of the ends at Turf Moor um, okay. that got reconstructed and has a new name now. Um, Thankfully. Yeah. But, <laughs> but go there and um, sign up, be a part of it. It's great. Awesome. And yeah, if anyone missed that, I'll, I'll make sure that the, uh, the links to everything that uh, Brett just noted are down in the bio of the videos and to our podcast. So you guys can take a look. Sweet. Cool. And with that, that'll do it for this episode of the Sunday League Screamers on the Hooligan Half Hour. Again, please take a moment to check out the links in the description, like Vito stated, to not only our social media platforms, but Brett, the North American Clarets, and make sure you click sign up, check it out. Just make careful about the b-hole. <laughs> the links. <laughs> but um, besides that, I'm Michael Nowen signing off with Vito Anazelli, my co-host, Brett Foote. Thank you again for joining us. It's been a pleasure Thanks, talking Brett. to you, learning more about the North American Clarets and Burnley in general. Yeah, we, I loved it. Thanks for having <laughs> me.